Blog Talk Radio. We're here. Give me the green light. Because I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. If you're going to bring back the Las Vegas franchise, it has to be outlawed. They had one of the sweetest looking logos on the helmet. Because I'm ready to go. Mother of God. Especially when you have a shirtless Rodney Dangerfield. God bless Rodney Dangerfield. Rest in peace. But put on a shirt, man. Don't nobody want to see that. You put that on right now. You'll be headline news on Fox News. One, so is this on? One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Wrestling Movie Guy, and we are here for the inaugural episode of Just Bring It Wrestling Talk. Uh, well, we would have had a brand new spanking sweet intro that I made, but unfortunately we even have some technical difficulties, so we used the XFL intro, but rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, next week we're going to have everything ready, presto primo, but even still, we got the wrestling, we got the talk, I got Mr. J Dash here to help me out, and we're going to start things off right off the bat with Monday Night Raw. We're going to go down every segment, every match, right in order. So, of course, with that said, we're going to get down to the big dog, Roman Reigns. He and Brock Lesnar opened up Monday Night Raw. J-Dash, what did you think, my man? I like where they were going with it. Uh, The one thing that got me, that made me laugh, is like U.S. Marshals. It's like, all right, U.S. Marshals. Those are... are up-and-coming WWE stars that you'll see maybe in five years from now. They are the ones that are in the training center, training facility, being U.S. Marshals. And I like the theme. I knew Brock Lesnar was going to appear, but I didn't like how they made Brock Lesnar come out and do his little shindig with Roman Reigns. They're, it, it's it's too much of me personally. They're trying so hard to get Roman over, and it's showing. But that little opening skit about him getting handcuffed, it's a nice little ploy. It's like how uh, The Rock did a couple during Attitude Era when he handcuffed um, Mankind in that I Quit match. Similar situation. Oh, yeah. The infamous uh, 10 chair shots to the head match. Yes, and the infamous I Quit, which was a recording. But I like how they were doing it. I know what they were trying to do. But it just showed that they're – it, how is they writing the story? It seems like it's you already know that Roman's going to win at WrestleMania, but I like what they're trying to do to make Brock as the bad guy and Roman as the guy who's going to become the new face. Well, he's he is the face, but Vince is trying so hard to make him the baby face of WWE. And, you know, they have been doing that for a very long time, but I think it's actually finally starting to get over. Because when you listen to that crowd, which really did not like Roman, like as soon as he came out, there were some genuine boos being hurled at Lesnar. I think this is actually working. I also did a little, um, you know, I took a vote 
on my Twitter account, which I'll be you know laying out every every now and then. So if you want to go on my Twitter here and there, I'm gonna be putting out uh, votes for you to take your opinions, taking the polls, and uh, we got fifty fifty this week. I asked the WWE universe, uh, you know, do you think that this uh, Roman Lesnar feud is actually getting Roman over? He's finally getting some momentum with the fans, and it went fifty fifty. So I mean. It used to be, you know, two years ago, you would have gotten like maybe 10%. Yes. <laughs> now it's 50-50. I think that Roman's finally starting to get over. And even though they're doing the same thing that they've been doing, trying to get him over as the baby face that has to overcome all the odds, it's actually working because you believe it with Lesnar. When you throw in uh, the reality of Lesnar and his overpaid uh, contracts, the way that he's able to, you know, dictate everything about his career, I think it actually works, the fact that Roman is pointing to that as a big problem that he has with Brock. So it makes him more believable. So I think right now this is working. And I'm saying that as a Roman fan, but also an objective Roman fan. I think this is actually working. It's starting to get over. I think it's starting to get over as well because of that. Because it's now been, what, four years of this being forced upon us, and now they finally have a specific storyline that can actually make the turn because it took what uh the rock how many years before he became the official face of the wwe like five years five six years because he was always yeah, either rock or the yeah or the was it uh, nation of domination they hated the rock which he took they over legit, yeah yeah he, they legit hated the rock until he became what we he is now known as maybe the most successful pro athlete that's in Hollywood and he's still making millions of it. Heck, he's just the most successful actor period in Hollywood I think right now. I don't think that there is any more bankable name than The Rock at this point. That's true. I think he's number one. So That brings us to our next bankable versus bankable. Asuka and Alexa Bliss had a pretty good match this week. I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens afterwards, but uh, that's going to be short-lived because uh, if you've been following, Asuka has made the decision to go after Charlotte at WrestleMania, which means that this Asuka and Alexa Bliss match is going to probably be one of, the, one of the few that we get because Alexa has more on her plate that she can handle with Nia Jax. Uh, I thought this was a good match. Uh, we finally got it. It may have not been on a pay-per-view. I would have preferred to have seen these two really go at it. Uh, this was pretty good uh, for a Monday night show. I thought that this was very good. And Mickey James is, I think, having a good time being Alexa Bliss's uh, partner. And good Lord, she looked beautiful. I almost fell over. <laughs> uh, she can, she can, she can really hold her her looks, just like Jennifer Aniston. They don't even look their age. Uh, I like the match. I really do wish that they had this feud started way before then. Even like when Oscar first came to Raw. I think it's almost like, let's force it now. So to tease the Raw people like, hey, you could have had this. Because we all know that Oscar is going to be on the blue brand here in a few in a few weeks. Uh, because I think that the feud with Charlotte, it's going to be a lengthy feud like we had back in the day with Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Uh, man, remembering that, that was actually a pretty good feud if you think about it. It was. Uh, the Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax is intriguing. I, 
Nia's been being pushed by the WWE, and I think she deserves the, what she's going to get at WrestleMania. I don't think she's going to get like the one of the main slots of the at Mania. I think the Raw's title, unfortunately, because Alexa is a great character. I love her attitude. I love what she can do. Uh, but I don't like how they're just forcing this little rivalry this late. This should have been at least before Elimination Chamber or the TLC, that time frame. Um, but as of right now, I like the match, but I want more of it forced upon with Asuka and Alexis, even though we we kind of figured that Asuka is going to go to the blue brand. That's my opinion. Yeah, it, it does kind of feel like uh, they're just rushing to get to the finish line. They're like, oh, crap, we forgot about this. Uh, well, here, here you go. Uh, let's finish this up. All right, guys, wrap it up, wrap it up. Let's get to WrestleMania. Come on, come on. We got things to do, people. That definitely is how it's coming across. But still, though, I, one thing that kind of surprised me was that uh, Bliss actually really took it to Oscar for a majority of that match. She definitely was kicking the Empress of Tomorrow's ass, like she was really getting there. But then the uh, the angle lock, as I still call it, it's not an ankle lock; it's an angle lock. And, you know, clamped on her ankle, twisted it around. Alexa Bliss says, "Screw this, screw y'all. I'm out of here. I'm going home." And that was pretty much the end of it until Nia Jax came out. And I'm really invested in this storyline with Nia Jax. What they, uh, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, you know, acting like the two high school girls that are using the bigger, stronger, in their view, dumber uh, person, you know, they're using her, you know, just like bullies. And who can't relate to that, you know? Yeah. When you saw. No, keep mm-hmm. it going. I was agreeing with you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> when you saw that video of the two of them just heckling her and saying that she's as dumb as she is big and then Nia Jax goes looking for him like you you felt that betrayal for her you really felt that because it kind of seemed like maybe maybe Alexa Bliss was actually being kind of nice but no nope, she was just plain all manipulative and I'm sure Mickey James is next on that list to get manipulated but yeah I'm loving this I can't wait to see Nia Jax just destroy Alexa Bliss at Wrestlemania can't put a plug in before we switch to another uh, match about well, I guess my Alexa, Alexa uh, with Aleska and Nia Jax. Go watch. I know the listeners out there, you, most likely you had WWE Network. It's not that expensive. Do it now. You'll get WrestleMania very cheap. It's called free. Uh, if you do the three day trial, a month. Um, that's after the, they're doing that month thing free right now. Um, go watch. Uh, was it Proving Ground or? Oh, breaking ground. ground, breaking ground, and you'll see Nia Jax, Alexa, Oscar, not Oscar, uh, Sasha, and Bailey all perform in NXT, and you get their storylines behind them. And Alexa and Nia are actually really good friends behind the scenes, and you can tell because all those girls, the Women's Revolution, they play on the good role, they play on a good act, and the reason why I like it. That it's now back in the day, five, ten years ago, it's like, oh, a women's match, click, let me go watch something for at least five minutes. And plus, their matches didn't last long. They're literally like three minutes long. Now, because of the competition, and people go, man, uh, uh, Nia Jax is getting bullied. I'm like, eh, it's a storyline. They're trying to compare, they try and make it comparable to a lot of issues. There are a lot of people in the world today that want to, want to they're trying to make Nia Jax as the, was more, I want to say, the hero of the of the or some some kids can relate to like you know I want to be like her because she got bullied she stand up for herself and she kicked ass she did she didn't 
break down. She, you know, she took care of it herself. And go watch Breaking Ground if you haven't watched that series. It's about I think thirteen episodes, and you actually get to know these characters before they are Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Sasha. You actually get to see behind the scenes, and and you can once you watch that series, you can relate to what's happening today. And it's pretty unique. And I like what WWE is doing with Nia. Uh, I thought she was a, you know, a, a clear-cut uh, superstar in um, NXT. And they're finally using her to their ability. And I like her. I like the storyline. I like the Alexa, Nia Jax, and uh, Mickey James storyline. And I will actually will look forward to it in two weeks on Sunday. So that's my little yeah, point. Yeah, the wait is gonna the wait is gonna be worth it. And that is a great show. I love Breaking Ground. Uh, that's how, you know, I got to know, like, Apollo Crews. Um, and what's her face? Uh, oh, why, why am I drawing a blank? The statistician, Dana Brooke, the other WWE uh, yeah. women's wrestler that I'm in love with. Uh, yeah, no, I get to know all these people. That is a great show. I highly recommend it. The other great show to highly recommend is anything that Braun Strowman is involved in, because you know somebody's going to get those hands. Braun Strowman <laughs> versus Cesaro was pretty fun to watch. Uh, last week, uh, Braun Strowman wins the Tag Team Championship. Well, no, 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 sorry. The Battle Royale for a shot at the Tag Team Championship at WrestleMania. Strowman just took it upon himself to just walk on in, beat everybody up, and win the entire tournament, even though he doesn't have a partner, which makes no sense. But uh, Kurt Angle addressed that and tells him that he needs to get a partner if he's going to be in WrestleMania. Uh, he comes out, does his promo, talks a lot of trash about the, the bar. The bar comes out, has a problem with that, and Cesaro decides stupidly to take on Braun Strowman. <laughs> Needless to say, Strowman crushes Cesaro after he catches him in midair and just slams him. And one, two, three, Strowman wins. I'm having fun with this. I don't care what Braun Strowman is involved in anymore because as long as he's in it, I'm happy. It's kind of strange, this tag team thing that they're doing with them, but it really makes you wonder who's going to be the partner. Who do you think it's going to be? Uh, first off, uh, Cesaro did not choose to face Braun Strowman. Sheamus kind of snuck his way out yeah, of the match. You're right, you're right. He did, he did. Uh, he left him hanging. But, yeah, but, but the match was awesome. Cesaro actually kept with Braun Strowman the whole match. And mm-hmm. if you want to say who could he be his partner, um, I will not be surprised if Elias comes back and actually joins forces with Strowman. Really? That'd Here's be the kind thing. Of interesting. It's interesting. Elias has no match at WrestleMania, and he is his voice, his little gimmick that he has, is something that McMahon likes to showcase at great events. It will be unique, even though Elias may not. It's that little keeping that Elias and Strowman storyline alive. Strowman said, you're going to be my tag team partner. I'll do everything. you say. And it keeps their hatred between. Remember the Daniel Bryan Kane team? Hell no. Their differences. Yeah. Elias and Braun Strowman, in my opinion, can have the simil- similar, you know, storyline, similar, you know, characteristics. They never really agreed with each other. They kind of, you know, have a little, you know, hatred for each other, but they still find a way to win matches. I think that would be the interesting combo. 
I would actually look forward to that. Um, I think it would be interesting if you worked with Kane <laughs> because they hate each other even more. I think that that would be interesting, but unfortunately, it just seems like anything that Kane does anymore, it's just, I don't want to say like I dislike it, but eh, his time has kind of come and gone. I used to be excited for Kane. Kane used to be one of my favorites, if not the favorite, for, for a short period of time. But, man, uh, yeah, Kane and Strowman, I think, would make a very good tag team. And you could definitely set up for some good humor, especially if they win. I would actually like to see the two of them like banter and argue with each other. And maybe one day, Corporate Kane would come out to do something with Strowman. I kind of want to see Corporate Kane again. I really didn't like Corporate Kane, in my opinion. <laughs> a lot of people didn't like Corporate Kane. But I did. I hated the cane. I like the cane. Let's just say this. The cane without the mask can, you know, just be gone. I don't care. I want cane with the mask. Mm, not this half mask, but you want the original? Yes. I want the Paul Bearer cane. This is the person that you set the fire to. He was in the house when the fire was lit. Yeah, the scarred face. And every, oh. time, I look back, yeah, every time I look back at that, I go, I'm still looking for the burn marks on Kane. <laughs> yeah, he has a really good mark. plastic surgery. Excellent but plastic surgery. He went to L.A. I, I won't be interested in what they'll do with the Braun Strowman storyline, but I want to even I want to see something. Just don't like I have a major superstar return to be his tag team partner, like a Rey Mysterio or or Batista or a Chris Jericho, because I want someone that actually has. Uh, familiar rivalries or has buttons with the other superstars. Elias has had recent new matches with Cesaro and Sheamus a couple months ago. So uh, even though there were no big deal matches, at least they have some corollary. I don't want to see, you know, Rey Mysterio come back to just, you know, win the tag team titles. We've already seen the Hardys do that. Uh, just have somebody that Elias would make the storyline interesting. And it will keep Raw something to be intrigued about once, you know, some of the main card matches come a little stale, um, like the Ronda Rousey situation. But that's for later in the show. Continue, my son. Well, unfortunately, that kind of brings us to a couple of teams that seem to be sort of drowning right now. The Revival and Titus Worldwide. Uh, this match was what it was. I don't think it really added anything to either side. The Revival, I just don't know what they're doing with them because I think they got a really cool gimmick. Uh, they're very old school. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, but it just seems like they're not really going anywhere. And Titus Worldwide got this little push, you know, about a month ago, and now it seems like that push is definitely over. Uh, this match just really felt like nothing to me, unfortunately. I mean, the guys are in there. They're, they're putting in their heart but, you know, if you're not giving them a story to work around, you know, I'm just not going to be as invested. Did you see something here that I didn't? Uh, uh, let's just say I think the revival, because I know we're coming up with 10, because usually right after WrestleMania, we have what they like to call a WWE mix up or mix Mitch match or trade or draft or whatever they call it this time around. Um, Revival, in my opinion, will rival and ties worldwide need to be sent to SmackDown. Uh, the Usos need to be sent to Raw. Uh, so you oh, get that little yeah. trade there. And uh, the New Day needs to get sent back to Raw, in my opinion. And 
because they because pretty much the Usos will be great matchups against Braun Strowman and Elias or the Bar again, and the Revival can go to SmackDown. They compete in that SmackDown division, and they can get their SmackDown titles and build from there. Um, I honestly, my opinion, Raw's, Raw's tag team division is much stronger than SmackDown's, and I think. You can use SmackDown's tag team division as like a proving ground or a developmental ground, even though it's still the main card before you get sent to Raw. Because you can tell by the ratings, Raw still gets more ratings than SmackDown, even though it's the day before. But I look at it as a way – because they're trying to build up the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and the rivals. They're like, oh, we're going to do like Braun Strowman. We're going to go take the tag team into a single match. Yeah, okay, whatever. Who cares? Uh, but as a tag team themselves, I like the Revival. They were good in NXT. They're old school. Uh, they remind me of the Hollies back in the day, and in my yeah. opinion, for them to succeed, they need to go to SmackDown. That's just in my opinion. Uh, so I don't know how but well can... that would work because like, I feel like the New Day and the Usos, along with AJ Styles, are basically keeping SmackDown alive. There was a period when the Superstar shakeup, when the draft happened, that, um, yeah, SmackDown was winning. It was very short-lived, though. And you look at the ratings now, and they're not as high as they were then. I believe they're averaging about 3 million viewers after the draft. But after about six months, you were right back down to 2.5 or 2.3. Uh, I haven't checked the numbers recently, but I know that they're still around there. Uh, you know, Bleacher Report and whatnot talks about it. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with these guys. Uh, I guess maybe a move would be good. Or maybe they should have just had Titus Worldwide actually win over the bar. You know, I think that actually would have been a good story. They didn't have to stay champions for long, but at least give them something. Well, I look at what well, come to look at it, I was mad that uh, Titus Worldwide lost the, the belt or didn't get the chance to win a championship. And that was ticked off, but now that they brought Braun Strowman into the conversation, I'd rather see Braun Strowman against the bar than Titus Worldwide. Sorry. It just sells better to me. I could see that. How uh, though? Oh, sorry. No, go for it. My bad. My bad. I was gonna say, Titus Worldwide. Their gimmick to me gets annoying and very fast. Oh, I of, like worldwide. I like that. Yeah, but okay. But the dog thing, the hoo hoo hoo. Okay, Titus. We know. Just move, move along. You're gonna get pinned in three minutes anyway, so move along. Hoorah! Hoorah! Just, hoorah! You're you just wasting that. The crowd minutes. loves it. Oh, it's like uh, our truth with his little gimmick. <laughs> oh, good. I like our truth too. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of those guys in the crowd that yells back, "What's up?" I like our truth. Speaking of which, I haven't seen him in quite a while. He's on vacation, just, bro. He's still on contract with the WWE. Yeah, he's never done a whole lot. I mean, he had that one feud with Cena, and he kind of just disappeared. They must really like him because they don't ask a lot of him, and he stays on I, the payroll. I don't know if he does live shows or not, but I really do think he's always at the performance center helping the new guys. I think he's a trainer. Hmm. Because he lives in Orlando. That's where he now lives. Oh, fair enough. Well, that, that's a good move on his part. I'm sure a lot of wrestlers are moving down there to try to get in on the NXT coaching. Mm-hmm. But I think we should move on. We got Sasha Banks and Bailey taking on against Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. 
I'm liking the fact that it looks like Bailey could be turning heel, but they had better hurry up because my patience is starting to wear a little bit thin. I'd rather have Sasha as a heel than Bailey. Sasha could pull off the heel better than Bailey. I can already tell. Why not just have a, both of them just be dicks to each other? You know, we could have both of them come away as bad guys and be happy for it because Bailey, I think, has gotten as much as she can out of his whole like hug gimmick that she has. I want mm-hmm. hugs. Everybody hug me. And, you know, let's see something else. Let's see the, you know, let's see a rainy day on that sunny of hers. You know? uh, and Sasha Banks, of course, she needs to be a bad guy. The best stuff she ever did was when she was a heel in NXT. That stuff was awesome. Uh, she needs to go back to being the real legit the boss. boss. Yeah. Yep. Because the whole name, the boss, doesn't really make any sense anymore. If you're this friendly... You don't really come across as a boss. You come across as like a buddy. And they need to get her back to that dominating, you know, figure. This is really running its course. I'm just glad that they're finally going to break these two up because I can only take this for so long. It's a pre-show WrestleMania match. You already know it. It's going to be maybe the first or second match in the five-hour pre-show that's before the event. But uh, I like Bailey. As a character, she's like the John Cena of for the male characters. You get the kids liking her, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I get hugs. Okay, and your Bailey to Bailey, it's just a basic uh, uh, body slam. Uh, I Sasha hate Bailey to Bailey. At least Sasha's Banks finishers are unique. And she, come on, she has Snoop Dogg as a relative. How can he not be? You know, legit with Snoop Dogg as a relative, and plus they need to put the belt back on Bailey, on the Bailey, uh, Sasha. Excuse me, Sasha Banks. I'm pretty happy with it being on Alexa, but if there was anybody else that started to earn that, I'd say it's either her or Nia Jax. I think that Correct. it's taken way too long for Nia Jax to get a title. Uh, she's Absolution. not like the most talent. I was gonna say she's not the most talented wrestler, but yeah. she does enough, and her size alone is like this lady needs to win. She's not she's not like great Kali, but oh, yeah. she is very she's very capable in the ring. She still needs a little bit of work, but she's come you know so far so quickly. And you were saying about Absolution? That's an Absolution. I know one of my favorite female wrestlers. Unfortunately, doesn't really wrestle anymore. I, I don't think she has. I think she has like an actual injury that prevents her, and that's Paige. And I like what she's doing, becoming like the ma- the manager of Absolution. They need to get somehow raw. And SmackDown or WWE officials need to get the Riot Squad and Absolution to have a feud with each other. That will be an epic feud. Even though it's two heel groups, heel versus heel, we've seen that before in the WWE where two heel groups went after each other, and it was good for television. It's time to have that type of feud again, like what you said on the Fastlane uh, pay-per-view review show that we did. It's time for a little bit of an invasion so we can have those type of groups. Absolution, in my opinion, is being used just like the Riot Squad. Stop doing that. They should be two groups fighting each other, in my opinion. But I would, I'm not I the, would like you to know, see that. Yeah, they they, they try to do it at the Royal, at the Royal Rumble, but it only you only had two members of each, uh, two members of both groups, and they never really fought each other. They got eliminated by Nia Jax, and one got eliminated by Beth Phoenix, or all four of them got eliminated by Beth Phoenix and Nia Jax in the Royal Rumble, but they need to get that feud together. So we've seen it before with the Brood and uh, DX back in the day, and we should bring it back. And 
<sighs> the women's division is getting pretty intriguing. I just it's very it's been a long time or it's been never we can say that the the women's division is actually matches that we can look forward to on Raw and SmackDown and even the pay-per-views. And I enjoy it. It is time for the women's tag team championship. There's too many female wrestlers, not enough titles to go around. They need to start bringing in uh, ta- women's tag team championship. And Sasha Banks has actually been pushing for that pretty hard from what I'm hearing. Yeah. So I think that that would, that would help everyone. Uh, should it be a dual brand one like they do now? One red, one blue? Yeah. Because that way you can have that invasion angle. If if you have uh, Absolution over here and the Riot Squad over there with the titles, you can have them jumping, you know, to each show, attacking the other yep. side, and then you raise it up to WrestleMania or whatever, you know, Royal Survivor Rumble. Series. And, yeah, perfect. Yeah, Survivor Series. You have them come together, and boom, you got one big explosion. As long as the wrestling is on point, I think uh, a couple of members of each side need a little bit of work, but. No, I think that they're good to go so far. I've been very impressed, which is more than I can say about this John Cena uh, Undertaker supposed feud because Undertaker hasn't even said a word. And this is exactly what I was fearing. I was afraid that they were going to do this. I do mm-hmm. not want this match. I don't want it. Are you feeling as negative as I am about this? <laughs> There's so many other superstars that are WWE legends that want to get back in the ring that are not named The Undertaker. And the WWE is not giving them a chance in hell, no pun intended, Vince McMahon, but no chance in hell of wrestling at WrestleMania. Those individuals are Chris Jericho, Batista, and Rey Mysterio. Are A, much younger than um, Undertaker. B, can actually still wrestle because they're active. And C, they... Are very un- they're very low risk of having major injuries in the ring. I love the Undertaker storyline. I love the legend. He will be, if you think of the Undertaker, he will be nothing but the WWE. It's time for him to retire. It's time for him to live the life of retirement and bring on another guy in to face John Cena. And the WWE has again has ignored the other legends who want to get back into the WWE. For example, Alberto Del Rio just signed a WWE contract. Yes, I know he's not that, the Undertaker, but he he's officially signed and he has no pull. And you have a I have a feeling that the WWE is going to pull switch switch we're here in a couple of weeks, and you're going to see Alberto Del Rio at Mania. I don't know if it's going to be a big like surprise or uh, the Monday Night Raw after Mania which is most likely what's going to happen. I, they're trying to make John Cena look like this badass guy calling out the Undertaker. Whoop-de-freaking-do. We've seen this before. And I just don't like it. You have too many talented WWE legends that want to be back. And, and also, you also, you actually have other WWE stars, even on the other brand like SmackDown, like Baron Colvin, for example, who wants Cena and has been public saying about he wants Cena on Twitter. And the WWE ignores it. Come on. WWE, you have talent who wants to make matches at these big events, and you want to keep bringing back a guy who hasn't wrestled since last year. 
I love Undertaker, my friend, but oh, come on, I'm tired of seeing it, uh, especially this mid-life crisis of Cena. But I'll stop talking about it. I can go on for hours on that damn subject. <laughs> oh no, you're making a lot of good points. I think it's very simple to us. Uh, you just got one guy that's way past his point, and another guy that's clinging to hang around. Love them both. Wish them nothing but the best. But the time has come and gone for this. The expiration date on the soup was about two years ago. You throw the soup out. This is a terrible idea. If they have Undertaker come out of WrestleMania and fight him, I don't think it's going to be a good match just because he's so beat up. And if you do a switcheroo after this whole thing with Kane coming out and choke slamming Cena after Cena insults his brother, the Undertaker, and then you have Alberto Del Rio come out, I think it's a lose-lose situation because fans that want to see this match, God bless them, they're going to be angry that they're not going to get it or they're going to be disappointed at the quality of the match. Oh, of course. Uh, Don't know where they're going to go with this. But this now brings us on to the Miz and the Miztourage having a match against the club. I'm not 100% into this uh, three-way rivalry between Balor, Rollins, and the Miz. But I do know that the three of them are going to put on a clinic. I know they're going to have a great match. But there's just something about the way these promos are going that I'm just meh, you know, been there, seen it. I uh, never thought I'd actually say this, but I think the Miz needs to do something like, I, I don't know how to put it because he's like killing it on the mic, but I feel like there's just something missing in this. And I can't quite put my finger on it. There's just something missing in this rivalry, but you know, I can, I can give you, uh, yeah, no, go for I, it. I know that I it's going to be a good match, but go for it, my man. The Miz needs to get off the mid card intercontinental championship. They need to push the Miz to get back to the WWE championship SmackDown, of course, or the universal. Cause I remember, was it rest? Not remember. Was it WrestleMania 29? Well, it was the Miz and John Cena. The main event. One of the most underrated. Sooner than that. But yeah, no, that was, was a good tw- match. That was the most, one like of the most underrated main event. The rock hosted it. That's one year before the rock and Cena at mania down in Miami. That's right. Yeah. That was like the most underrated main event in a long time. The Miz is great on the mic. The Miz is a heel. He will always be a heel. But I just feel like the WWE is holding him back because he, you know, he's an Intercontinental Champion. Yes, I know they're going to try and give him the, t- the most you know, days of holding Intercontinental title, which I like his character. He's one of the best characters out there. I think he needs another either Universal or WWE title push. And if he gets that Universal or WWE title, if they do give it to him, they need to put keep the belt on him for a while. Um, like, I could see a feud with him and AJ Styles on SmackDown, you know, uh, even though he just came back from SmackDown. I, I just don't like him in the mid-card level. He deserves better than he is. But the match at WrestleMania, you had the – in the match that we had on Raw between the bar – at the bar uh, – the Mistarage and the Balor Club, the club. And, you had, and you had Seth Rollins, you know, chilling up with Michael Cole, uh, Michael Cole and the coach. Uh, are we, are they, is the WWE going to tease us with a triple threat tag team trip uh, a nine man tag team, triple threat match between the shield, the Balor Club and the Mistarage? Or is, is there something in the works of that? If not, I don't understand why they're Seth Rollins seems like the odd character out in this whole situation. Um, 
But most likely, Seth Rollins is going to be the one who's going to win the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. But I, the match itself, eh, entertaining. But uh, one of those guys shouldn't be in the match. Uh, the Miz should be somewhere else. And this should be a Balor versus uh, Seth Rollins thing. Uh, but it's that's like what you just said moments ago. You don't understand the match. It's something missing about this. Uh, yeah, that. It's it's missing something. I just don't think that the character who has the belt now should not be having that belt. And he should be somewhere else. And Seth Rollins should be the Intercontinental Champion. But uh, it seems like a match this has been forced on, like the Nia Jax and Alexa match. But continue. Yeah, I feel like maybe he he never should have been traded from SmackDown. I think that's the biggest issue is because, like, they've kind of pigeonholed him in that Intercontinental spot. If he was still on... SmackDown, it would be a little more conceivable for him to actually make it past guys like Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Braun Strowman. Raw, it's like these are like our bigger, burlier, stronger guys. Whereas SmackDown, you got the more like agile, high flying, slick kind of dudes like AJ Styles. Like, I think that that's the big difference between the two brands. Fortunately for the Miz, now he's planted everything on Raw. He's got his Miztourage and whatnot. He kind of can't go back to SmackDown for at least another six or eight months, if not a year, because you can't have him jump back and forth too much. Now, when the Superstar Shakeup comes along, because, you know, it, it, it's inevitable, it's going to happen again, he might get traded again, and that might be a more smooth transition than to just have him just come over. Uh, and with that brings us to our last segment of Raw before we break on the SmackDown, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, the ultimate deletion. I love this. Uh, it really was a lot of fun. Uh, it reminded me so much of the original final deletion that was on the mm-hmm. TNA Impact. Mm-hmm. This was a blast. Uh, you- epic. A lot of Easter eggs. Uh, wheel of chairs. Mower of lawns. Uh, without the fireworks, you know, Jeff Hardy had the fireworks attacking Matt Hardy in the final deletion. Uh, Senor Benjamin. Senor Benjamin, uh, Wolfgang, and I'm like, uh, is this actually the end of this little feud? Is Bray Wyatt going to be a different character now? Uh, Jeff Hardy made his appearance back. Hello, Brother Nero. Uh I loved it, and it when I watched it, I'm like, man, this is just like the final deletion. Uh, a lot of Easter eggs, good match, good storyline. The hologram on the drone sold it right off the bat for it was me. Hilarious. Like, yep. I was like, follow the music here. I'm like, oh, this is. Are we going to an actual Hardy compound or is this freaking Star Wars? Let's do this. It was a great way. It was a. It was a great way to end the show, in my opinion. I, I didn't want it to ever end. The only thing, my only big criticism of it is when they had Bray Wyatt going through kind of like the graveyard looking thing. And I don't know what they were thinking. It was like some kind of Looney Tunes thing. And, you know, he's running around, can't find Matt Hardy. And Hardy breaks the fourth wall and looks at the, you know, everyone at home goes, shh, he hunting wabbits. You know, I, I thought that that was just a little bit too much. But other than that, I was very surprised at how well WWE was able to recreate what Impact did. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't quite as subtle, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually think that uh, Impact's version was just a little bit more subtle 
which made it better. And I think the original is always going to be the greatest, but this was a pretty good remake. And if they can make some sequels to this to make it work, Oh dude, I'm never going to get tired of Matt Hardy and the woken Matt Hardy and brother Nero. I'll never get tired of it. This was awesome. I'm probably going to rewatch it after this. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this at the elimination chamber review show where I say, I can't stand this Matt Hardy character. I don't like it. Over the last four weeks, I'm like from I went from can't stand this guy. I want the old Matt Hardy to like yes, give me more. Yes. Now I'm just intrigued with what they're gonna do with Bray Wyatt. Is he gonna be uh was it Uncle uh crap? What's the other guy's name from uh, Uncle Cracker? Not Uncle Cracker. What was the Uncle character <laughs> in uh, TNA? Oh God. I can't that's even remember, not, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, I almost said Uncle Fester. That's Adam's family. But anyways, I loved it. I want more of it, and I do expect to see some some of it in uh, WrestleMania. Dude, I, I can only imagine how awesome it's going to be. Hopefully, they have the whole family out there in the middle of the ring, and the wife's like playing the piano while Matt Hardy's opening up a can of whoop-ass. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Now, somebody might be making a return to WrestleMania this year, and I think it's going to be a triple threat between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and the Yes Movement, Daniel Bryan. He addressed the WWE Universe this past Tuesday, saying that he has, in fact, been cleared by not only the WWE uh, medical team, but he's also done his own, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh, twentieth test to make sure that he can actually perform in the ring without, you know, being restricted by his post-concussion uh, syndrome. But it looks like he's good. I don't know how much truth that there is to this. Uh, either WWE is allowing him to wrestle because, hey, you just let him wrestle or you're going to lose him. Or he's genuinely okay, which I hope is the case. But Daniel Bryan is back, and he wasted no time talking to the WWE Universe saying that he has returned. Don't call it a comeback because he's been there for years. Uh, you excited to have him back? Uh, yes. 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 But I don't think it's going to be a triple threat. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a triple threat. But I do have a... Or two-on-one, we... sorry. Yeah, two well, let's, do, let's do this for a second. I know you're the host of the show. I just got notification that the fans out there, like how we started the show, we had a bad intro. I just now got a notification from Block Talk that our intro is available. So let's do let's do the intro and let's get back to that conversation. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is the Just Bring It Wrestling Talks official intro. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. I'm going to have to go tell the world exactly what's on the list. 
of Jericho. You just made the list! I want Dusty Rhodes, the legendary American dream. Well, you got all of it you can stand, baby. Nobody runs down my people. Give me a hell yeah. What? Believe that. Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! And there it is. Hope you guys liked it. We're going to have it for every start of every show, naturally. You got to have an intro. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a bitch to make. (laughs) That was really hard to make. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And of course, we've already started the show with Mr. Daniel Bryan. But it's funny. We just had Shinsuke Nakamura's music right there. So that fits perfectly into our next segment. Nakamura versus Rusev Day. Rusev Day. I'm having a lot of fun with these two. I want to see these uh, guys fight some more. I liked that fast lane, like we mentioned with the fast lane review show. Uh, these guys have good chemistry. These guys do very well in the damn ring. I want more of it. I want more. Unfortunately, you're going to have to break away from it unless you're going to try to. St- screw up the the main event at WrestleMania or one of the main events. Um, but SmackDown has been notorious of messing up uh, main events. Just ask the main event of Fast Lane, where it started off as a triple threat, then went to a four way, then went to a five way, then it went to a six pack challenge. So uh, Well to be fair, Raw kinda did the same thing as well. <laughs> correct. Yes. Yeah. But you know these guys, guys to, are great uh, no, go for it. I did not mean to interrupt you, my man. I was gonna, I was gonna say they add seven guys to the elimination chamber, which is should only be six. But I was just proving your point that you're right, <laughs> and I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, these guys, uh, I'm having so much fun with them. But you're right, uh, there is going to be a quick expiration date on this rivalry. I think that's why uh, when you listen to the commentary, and a lot of the times when you listen to the commentary, uh, you can catch what direction that they're going in. For those who don't know. Uh, yeah, these guys are not going to be together for very long. Rusev is going to be doing his own thing. He's kind of stuck in the mid card right now. I don't know why they need to push this. They need to push this gimmick further than where it is right now because it's so over. You're hearing Rusev like Raw's women's matches, like where it's the last place you should be hearing Rusev day. But people are yelling Rusev Day because they want more Rusev. And you can tell Rusev is having a blast. You know, I've been saying this for for a while now, but he looked depressed last year. The difference between then and now, like, he's totally invested in this. And they need to, you know, keep riding that hot hand and get him out of the mid-card 
and put him closer to the championship. It's too late now with WrestleMania coming up. But after that, reboot, restart, get him going, get him going quickly. The one thing that you have to admit to Raw and Raw fans alone in arenas when they start chanting random stuff, I'd rather them chant Rusev Day or other chants from SmackDown on Raw than rather hearing CM Punk, uh, beach ball cheering, and other random chants that don't belong in a wrestling venue. But in my opinion, Rusev Day is a good gimmick. I would love to see Rusev and the English have the blue belts around them as tag team champions. That would be a nice little little gimmick. But unfortunately, with the Usos and the New Day on SmackDown and the Bludgeon Brothers, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So the WWE should keep this little feud going on. Have Rusev either win the Battle Royal or something like that at uh, at WrestleMania. But they need to keep Rusev. He, he's just been rejuvenated lately. And I agree with you what you said earlier that he was a completely different animal last year. And now he's just, you know, much better. And they should not end his storyline. They should keep it going. But knowing the WWE, they will do something to ruin it. And you'll hear Rusev Day chance for the next year, even though Rusev is not going to be part of Rusev Day anymore, even though it's Rusev. But anyways, let's continue. Yeah, they can, they can, they can only cheer for so long. Uh, again, it all comes down to expiration dates. Wrestling, you never know when the wheels are going to come off. Just like a running back in the NFL, you never know when the wheels are going to come off, and you have to act quickly and accordingly. And I can I know somebody that's struggling right now, and that is Ty Dillinger. He took on Baron Corbin. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, very mediocre match. Ty Dillinger, I kind of like him. I like some of his movesets, but his character, I don't get it. Everybody just yells, 10, 10, 10. He's the perfect 10. Okay, you tell me he's the perfect 10. I don't see it. <laughs> this poor guy is kind of stuck in limbo. He's not going up. He's not going down. He's just there. Now I'm and sorry that I'm laughing over here, but... <laughs> Oh no, you're good, man. Your, your reaction is is genuine. Like that's how we feel about it. It's unfortunately becoming a bit of a joke. I don't know what they're gonna do with Ty Dillinger. I don't know how they're gonna build him up. But I know that Baron Corbin shouldn't be in the ring dealing with him because like he should be doing more than dealing with Ty Dillinger. It was just a it was their match. It felt like a WCW Thunder match. It just didn't do anything for me. Do you think uh, uh, Corbin? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you think what do you think Ty Dillinger can do to get out of this spot? Uh, he needs to stop fucking up moves. <laughs> yeah, he does have a good move set, but he does have a flair uh, for uh, screwing things up here and there, which uh, sucks. Uh, I never want to see screwed up moves because that can lead to injuries. I don't like seeing that. It was supposed to be an off the rope reverse into a end of days by Baron Corbin, and it looked like Baron Corbin was just choking him. Uh, with his armpit because he messed up the move. And then Baron Coleman had to throw him out of the ring, so they had to redo the whole sequence again, which was uh, even the fans, you heard the fans in the live crowd, like, you messed up, you messed up. Even the, even the announcers even had that little start. Like, oh, Baron Coleman's getting his way with them. I'm like, ah, ah, they all messed up. And so that's you, Perfect 10. That's why you're a mid-card, and you're slowly falling out of grace. 
in my opinion. I love Ty Dillinger, but the perfect 10, in my opinion, was too forced on us in the WWE NXT developmental area. Uh, ever since Unfortunately, you kind of got to focus on Vince. Yes. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vince says an act of bringing up NXT guys too soon. Triple H, love him or hate him. He is correct in this argument. He's been fighting to protect the NXT guys because him, Apollo Crews, even my girl Dana Brooke, all got brought up too soon, too early, and they did nothing with them. And even when they did something with them, it was very lackluster. You just care. And that sucks because I like all the people I just mentioned. But Vince is plucking the fruit before it's really ripe. He needs to stop doing that. And it seems like they've slowed down on that, except for the Riot Squad and Absolution both coming up at the same time and really confusing me because I thought that both sides were so similar to each other. The only real difference to me was that one's managed by Paige and the other is not. That's pretty much the only difference to me. Basically. Mm -hmm. But I don't mind. Which... So Corbin was supposed to get pushed up, you know, trying to give him some momentum to WrestleMania, and it failed terribly. Of course, because no. – uh, <laughs> I know. Sorry, interrupting you. I forgot to answer that question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's either wrestling, uh, wrestling Culture or WorldOfWrestling.com had a report that Baron Colbin want, had a – went up to Triple H – or uh, Triple H, I think it's either Triple H or Vince. Because of John Cena coming into SmackDown, he wanted to have that feud with John Cena about coming to SmackDown because you're a free agent, you haven't been here the whole year, and you all of a sudden get the WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. He wanted to have an actual feud with John Cena this whole month building up the WrestleMania, and Vince McMahon said no. Are you kidding me? Baron Colvin is the next up-and-coming badass bad guy. Come on. He has the tools. He, yes, he messes up sometimes, but he has the built. He has the character. He is this generation's – I said it before. I'll say it again. He is this generation's Undertaker. The American badass. Yep. Yes. Exactly what I was thinking. But when I heard that Vince McMahon said no to that storyline, I'm like, who in the hell are you going to get seen in a match to? That would have been a great match between those two, like pretty much a passing, like a passing of the torch because, in my opinion – Corbin is a damn good wrestler. I liked him in NXT. I still like him in uh, SmackDown, even though we're supposed to hate him. Uh, but he's not getting the credit that we're credited to do. The guy busts his ass, and he wanted this match with Cena at WrestleMania, and you, you see what the WWE is going. Um, but Corbin mm-hmm. had a good argument with a good feud about Cena coming on SmackDown and having that development. And he wanted to pin Cena in the... Not Penn Cena, but uh, wanted to do some like elimination or not do something to build that feud up. But Vince McMahon had other plans, of course. Midlife crisis, BS for Cena. But anyways, I when I read that article, I was pissed. Poor Corbin, he just can't quite get it all the way there. They give him the Andre the Giant Memorial, do nothing with it. They give him the money in the bank, screws it up. They, I, I don't know why. I don't know why they're doing this to him. But he never got the I NXT think, title. 
I think we're going to have to start moving, though, because we are running a little bit low on time here. Oh, shit, yeah. So we're going to move <laughs> on to Charlotte Flair and Natalia, two of my favorite female wrestlers out there. I am always down to see these two fight. And at the very end, when you had Carmella come out with the briefcase, you know, to try to steal the championship away from Charlotte, I think that this served as a bit of a teaser trailer for what's going to happen at WrestleMania. And if it's going to be something like that, um, I'm in. I definitely want to see this. I see this with Asuka beating Charlotte. Carmella running down there when Asuka's completely distraught. And she's going to go pin Asuka. Asuka's going to kick out. Then Asuka's going to submit her. And Asuka's going to defend and beat two opponents at WrestleMania. That's how I see it happening. So, wow. So if we were to have Carmella win right there, like, do you, how oh, badly do you think that would, that would go over? <laughs> uh, tune in the next episode of Just Bring It Wrestling Talk after WrestleMania, and you'll hear me, like, completely drop F-bombs every other second because of it. Because, you know, <laughs> Carmella just seems her character is a snotty little brat that doesn't deserve shit. And honestly, she hasn't earned it, in my opinion, with all the matches and gimmicks she's done. I actually kind of like Carmella. I don't have a. I don't have a. Uh, I don't, I don't really have relate a more to the Jersey people. Her. Well, not really. You know, <laughs> I was you're in Virginia, near Jersey Shore. <laughs> Hell no, nah, dude. It's a whole different situation out here. <laughs> we, we don't have Snookies. <laughs> One of them has been sighted down in the woods, but that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> she got kicked out of Jersey. She's trying to make her way back. Um, no, I, I, I'm okay with Carmella. I really don't mind her. I think that everything you just said about why you don't like her other than the not deserving it. I think that's the whole point. You're supposed to thoroughly dislike her. And again, like you can always go back to this comparison. It's like Y2J. You hated Chris Jericho. You despised him, but you loved hating him at the same time. And I think that it, Carmella should not win at WrestleMania. But at the same time, I think it would be very damaging for her to not actually cash it in and use it. It's kind of lose-lose as well. Because if she beats Asuka at WrestleMania or, you know, you know, beats Charlotte without beating Asuka, I think that might be the safest way to do it. But I think people would still be a little bit mad and they think that uh, Asuka's streak came to an end. But technically, no, it wouldn't have because she wouldn't have been pinned. So I think if they are going to do it, it's best to have Charlotte be pinned by Carmella and have Asuka just destroy Carmella with you know at the next pay per view, and then boom, she's got a championship. If they're I gonna have Carmella win it, I don't want to wait the payback though. Fair enough, but I don't I don't want to see her just lose it like the next day, you know, to Asuka, kind of like um, you uh, you know it, woo woo woo. Yeah. Um, Zach Ryder, Zach you know, Ryder. after Zach Ryder lost it, you know, the immediate night after WrestleMania. I haven't really He'll seen him much. I haven't seen much of him since. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy was in a bad tag team with Mojo Riley. I know one thing. Like I am not looking first. forward to the four-hour pay-per-views after WrestleMania, which uh, that's another subject we could get on another day. But mm-hmm. well, uh, let's the move down the line. Jimmy Uso and Luke Harper. Uh, this is good stuff. But uh, the match was. It was okay. I like both guys. I really root for Harper. He is a Redskins fan. I got to root for him. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. It was okay. It it was it was just there. Give me a triple threat match at WrestleMania, and I'll be happy. 
You mean like one from each team? Nope. Triple threat tag team. Oh, okay. New Day. Okay. So Usos, yeah, Bludgeon yeah. Brothers. I don't know why. For some reason, like, my brain went to, like, one person from each group in the ring, which would be kind of interesting. But, eh, yeah, no, that's a much better idea. Three teams going all at once. And for the love of God, don't kill anyone, Bludgeon Brothers. It turns out, actually, it seems like uh, Xavier Woods is okay. They definitely got us. It seems like he's all right. We've been seeing some pictures. Uh, but this storyline is fantastic. I really want to see what's going to happen at WrestleMania. They need to keep building it up. I don't know how they're going to do it because it, it kind of seems like they they blasted everything out by having Xavier like wrecked on on the uh, on the on the metal stairs. I mean, I don't know how much more you can do from there unless you throw somebody off a roof or something. You know, they they really got to do something brutal. But at the same time, I don't want these guys taking unnecessary risks before WrestleMania. I don't want to have anybody injured before it happens because I want everybody there together healthy so they can, you know, tear the roof off. So what are they going to do to keep this going? I don't know. (laughs) That's the beauty of wrestling. I want them to tell me what's going to happen. Well, they got two weeks to do it, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think the He's Bludgeon Brothers down. are? Uh, do you think the Bludgeon Brothers are making a good impact? Are you buying them? They just—they seem like the Dollar General version of the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah, well, I could see that. I'm not I being like insult, but they, that's who they remind me of. They just look like the Dollar Store version of the, of the Brothers of Destruction. But well, their Bludgeons or the Sledgehammers or whatever sure do. Uh, there should That's be a, a tag team from NXT that should be called up. The Authors of Pain uh, should be a tag team that should go head-to-head with the Bludgeon Brothers. That would be a tag team match I would love to watch. If the Bludgeon Brothers win the championships, uh, I think that that would be a pretty good idea. Because <laughs> you could have them be like, yes, we're at the top. We've made it. And then, boom, but, new team comes in. New young blood's like, hoo-hoo, you think you just made it? Well, guess what? We got something to say. A little quick note: if, if if the USO if they do get the titles and put them on the Bludgeon Brothers, expect the USOs to get shipped to Raw. That would be fine with that. Yeah. I'm more of a Raw guy myself. I would love to see them there reunite the family. Roman Reigns hanging out with his cousins. More of a blue brand, but just because my boy is on blue brand. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean Jinder Mahal? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> That brings us to Jinder Mahal in another random wasted segment. (laughs) I don't know what the hell this is. I'm just not really interested in this. I was for a bit. I liked how Jinder was messing with Randy Orton and the glorious one saying uh, to Randy, wait, why are you ranked number nine? You're like a 13-time champion. How come uh, Bobby Roode is higher in the rankings than you? And I like that. That's some good stuff. You don't see that very often. That, that's, one, that's like the one good thing that came out of the rankings because you guys remember that. They, they did these rankings by the superstars, and they haven't done anything with it. The rankings haven't gone up. They haven't gone down. They just kind of just disappeared. So I don't know what they're going to do with this, or, or they're already done with, with the rankings. But uh, I like that dynamic. You know, the numbers were up there, and Jinder Mahal was screwing with them. But now it's like, ah, meh. now that Orton has the championship, for some reason, I just don't really care. Uh, first off, I would love to see the intro of Glorious Bobby Roode at WrestleMania. 
That's going to be awesome. Reason, uh, because you're in a dome, the lights will all go out, and you'll see this little, little bright little jot, like Chris Jericho light pop up, and it'll be glorious. I want to see an Orton and Glorious feud, uh, rude feud that will last longer than just a month or two, in which I'm getting that. But the Ginger Mahal is like the ketchup you get at McDonald's. You really just want the fries, but the people still put the ketchup in the damn bag. Uh, and, not, and if you're listening to this, ladies and gentlemen, you go, you just compared Ginger to Mahal to ketchup. Yes, I did. He's still a part of the old team by the old Nexus, uh, the three-man band, that god-awful tag team. With Heath Slater uh, and the other guy, uh, I don't even know uh, what's the other guy. He's no longer in the WWE. Uh, oh, actually, he is. I think he's in the. I think he's in yeah, the. There's one dude but, whose name I always forget. I don't know why. I uh, always think Darren Young, but it's, I'm not. No, that's not Darren Young. <laughs> I can't remember uh, though. Ken Alexander. I don't know. But if you know who we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, tweet us so we know who the answer is. But please correct the us. Mahal, <laughs> yeah, please correct us. The Jennifer Hall thing just seems like a. Uh, a condiment to the meal. It's like, uh, I'd rather see Orton and Rude, but okay, you had Ginger Mahal in there. You had some intriguingness, and you have, they're trying to force, I'm not really trying to force, they, I think the WWE, in my opinion, from the last couple of months, the WWE is trying to correct the mistake they did with Ginger Mahal earlier in the year with Randy Orton, in which I do believe, because A, they forced the title away from Randy Orton. The feud with Jinder Mahal was too short. It should have went a little bit longer. And ruining that rivalry with the great Kyle Lee was really a dumb idea. And I really do think this is just a little bit payback from back then. And the WWE trying to say that Jinder Mahal, we should have done something else with Mahal. Uh, that match was just yeah. a time waster in my mat, in my mind. But still watch it at WrestleMania. But it just seems like an accessory that it's not, it's not needed. But it's the WWE. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to bring us now to Naomi and Becky Lynch versus part of the right squad, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan, the glorious Liv Morgan. Uh, man, this, there's so many great wrestlers in this. Uh, even the young up-and-comers in the right squad have actually really been getting a lot better. Uh, some of the first matches were a little rough. Uh, but they've really stepped it up lately. They've, they've been learning a lot quickly in the same way that Nia Jax has. Unfortunately, this match, uh, yeah, it's just too short. Um, I'm just not that invested again. I, I feel like a broken record here. I'm not trying to trash on this, but I'm just not super uh, excited for this. Like Naomi, I think, should be on her own. Becky Lynch has been floundering. She should have been champion multiple times over. Uh, this is where the tag team championship should come in. If you had Naomi and Becky Lynch against the right squad for some tag team championships, that would immensely bring things up. I would be far more invested, you know, because rivalries make the titles. Titles don't make the rivalries. Sometimes that is correct. But I think in this case, it's badly needed. A tag team championship is badly needed for the women's division, especially on SmackDown. Do you think uh, that that would fix things? Are you enjoying this? What do you think is going to happen with these two? Well, four. <laughs> these four ladies. Give me some belts, like you said. You, 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 your opinion of this match is just like mine. I won't repeat it. Uh, there's something missing. And tag team belts, I think, are something that should be on both sides. But, yeah, I agree with everything you just said. 
I think that uh, when they actually have a chance to do a longer match at WrestleMania, it's probably going to help. I think some of the things that uh, they're having a difficult time balancing everybody's spots because everybody, else, you know, in there can can do great spots, but for some reason they are having trouble having every having enough breathing room for everybody to do their thing. I think that's the biggest problem. And if you had the titles there, that would provide them with more airtime to get better matches out. But I think that's where WrestleMania is going to come in. And who knows? Maybe they'll make an announcement. You know, women's tag team championships are coming. It'd be kind of cool to have, like, Ruby Riot go against Charlotte or Asuka, whoever wins. And while she's doing that, her sisters are, in, you know, are feuding with Becky Lynch, Naomi, or whoever it may be in the future for the championships. That's why we need women's tag team championships. But first, we need to get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens arrested for what they did to poor Daniel Bryan. At the end of the show, Daniel Bryan comes out to confront Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens for what they did to uh, Shane McMahon last week, which was pretty brutal to watch. Uh, They sent Shane McMahon out on his ass after announcing his, uh, well, not retirement, but his departure from SmackDown as... uh, He's not the general manager. He's like uh, the chairman, basically, of SmackDown or something like that. Yeah, commissioner. Yeah, commissioner. That's what I was looking for. Commissioner Gordon. And Daniel Bryan comes out, confronts them, saying, I don't understand what you guys are doing. Uh, the guy was leaving, and you felt that you had to attack him like that. I have no, no choice but to fire you. He fires him. And, of course, you know Kevin Owens doesn't like this. You know he's going to do something. And lo and behold, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens attack him and power bomb his back onto the edge of the ring, which is such a dangerous move. It surprises me that WWE uses that move so willy-nilly when they know what kind of damage it can do. And good God, man, he just got back cleared. He just got cleared. And you're going to do that with him? I like slash hated this. I've never been the biggest Daniel Bryan fan, but I like him. And I root, I root for him. You know, I want nothing but the best for him. I'm not the hugest fan, but I respect the guy. And I'm happy to, to, for him to be able to live out his dream and get back in the ring. But what the hell are you doing, WWE, putting this guy in a position like that? Did he volunteer for that? Did they come up with that? Either way, bad idea. <laughs> but it was entertaining. That's Vince McMahon going, okay. Okay. You're back. Now welcome back, bitch. That's what Vince McMahon does. Uh... I see a KO, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon tag team match at WrestleMania. I want to see that. And the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn love fest is getting kind of tiring. I'm waiting to get it to its end, but they also work so good together that you can still buy what they're trying to do. But give me that tag team match. I want that tag team match. And geesh, poor guy comes back. It's officially clear to wrestle. And Vince McMahon's going to try to, you know, injure him again. So that's what almost sounds look like, in my opinion. But finally, SmackDown has a legit storyline that will make people tune into finally on Tuesday nights towards WrestleMania. That's one thing SmackDown has lacked over the last couple of months. And we know about, you know, the Shinsuke and AJ Styles situation. We'll get more of that on Tuesday, of course. And you'll get more of the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Shane McMahon and Dale Bryan thing. But 
we finally have another legit storyline on SmackDown that you can actually wait, actually prepare to witness what's next. Unlike Raw, you got like five storylines. SmackDown, you had like two. Now you got a third one. I like it. I'm glad Daniel Bryan's back. And yes, the Yes movement was crazy. It was good when it first happened. And remember, Daniel Bryan won the championships at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, where WrestleMania 34 is located. So it'd be a good, nice little reunion uh, for Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. So it's something that SmackDown needs, and they finally got it. Uh, I don't know if this was planned or this was just staged for this moment, or I want to know how long how long Daniel Bryan's actually. Uh, knowing that he's been cleared, but I like finally SmackDown has a storyline that can it can put its chips in the bag. Yeah, uh, I feel like the last few segments, you know, the last half hour that we've been talking about SmackDown, it's been like not invested, not invested, not invested. What are they doing with this guy? What the hell? What's going on? And now, yeah, Daniel Bryan really has been the, you know, as far as SmackDown this week, it's kind of been the bookend. It started off strong with him talking to the universe and everybody's happy to have him back. And you close it out with a compelling storyline of him being attacked by two guys that he was actually defending for a long time in SmackDown in the last six months. And everything in between that is very hit or miss. You got Ty Dillinger and Baron Corbin. Meh. You got Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, Charlotte Flair and Natalia, that was good. But Jimmy Uso and Harper, Jinder Mahal, you know, Naomi and Becky Lynch against the Riot Squad, all of that was just very mediocre. You know, it just wasn't blowing my socks off. But, you know, it's not going to be forever. You know, we're not going to be totally negative about it because at the end of the day, wrestling always changes. It's kind of like the tides. Sometimes the tides in, sometimes the tides out. Sometimes they got good stuff, sometimes they don't. That's just how wrestling is. It's a constantly evolving animal, just like this show is. We want to thank you guys for coming out and listening to us. Uh, we meant to get this episode out yesterday, but unfortunately, you know, life got in the way. Once again, stuff happens, but we are back. We've got our proper intro, and we're going to be here hopefully every Wednesday, maybe a Thursday here and there, to give you our review of every Monday night and Tuesday night SmackDown, well, Raw and SmackDown. So, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Remember to follow us on XF Podcast, XF Podcast on Twitter follow me wrestling movie guy at wrestling movie g at wrestling movie g got a youtube channel as well at the wrestling movie guy check that out check out everything that we have we've even got a website xfpodcast.com and if you want to help us out at gofundme just look us up xf podcast go fund me and guys you know we love you we wouldn't be doing this if you know we didn't have fans like yourselves of wrestling and everything we're just like you guys we want to talk about this stuff so, Jadesh, anything you want to get off your chest before we clock out? Yes, big shout-out to our supporters of both pages. Thank you again, and keep in contact with us. Also, please tune in this Sunday night for Extreme Football Podcast Episode 6. Uh, the title's very intriguing, and it's going to be pretty lengthy. Rant, big-time rant of the American Association Football League that was announced. Yes, the dun, AAF dun, dun. is now debuting a league a year before the XFL to take the XFL's thunder. And this is an episode that I want you guys to come join. XF Podcast Sunday, the AAF versus the XFL. Well, I think the AAF 
is a personal slash political slash NFL attack on the XFL. More that I'm looking Sunday. forward to that. Yeah, I've been reading about that. Charlie Eversall's involved with it, which is shocking to me. I cannot believe that an Eversall is trying to go up against McMahon. You think that he'd actually want to work with with McMahon because he made the XFL documentary. But anyway, we're gonna you know close the lid on that Pandora's box for now until Sunday. Until then, guys, this is the Wrestling Movie Guy and my main man Jay Dash. Until next Deuces. time. Peace, guys. Oh, I'm touching myself tonight. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego.